the Florida Gators and stake their claim for the national championship of the 1996. Here's Tebow, jump pass, throw it to the end zone, and a touchdown, David Nelson scores! Back then, you can stand me up at the gates of... Purple, dropping back to throw, pops and fires the ball, over the middle, it's, it's Dory, it's Dory, Dory got a touchdown! Dory got a touchdown! Oh Within 10 yards, lofting down the sideline for Johnson, and he is level. Won't back down. Hey, baby. There ain't no easy way out. Hey, hey, All right, this week on Gator Glory, we talked to one of my favorite Gators. Listen, as we talk about Gator Glory, what we're talking about is a slumbering program waking up and realizing its potential. And for me, as that birth began, you know, in the early 90s, there are three Gators that stick out to me more than any other. And one was Shane Matthews, who we talked to, who's fifth string and then suddenly is the SEC's all-time leading passer. There's Willie Jackson. Right. Who came primarily as a walk on, just following as a legacy and ended up being an NFL player. And there's our guest this week, Chris Doring, who joins us right now. And Chris, you to me also symbolize Florida burgeoning into a national power. You went there um, as a walk on. You chose to do that as a, as a lifelong Gator fan. And I, I guess my first question would be, is there any way you could have known that your career at Florida would have become what it was? when you elected to go there you know it's so funny looking back now you know i think i think in life we're we're maybe kept from knowing certain things that will prevent us from achieving stuff that we're supposed to like you know the odds of somebody walking on and earning a scholarship is is probably pretty long but the opportunity to walk on and then catch more touchdowns than anybody in the history of the SEC for 25 years and to be able to, to go on and play in the NFL, all those things that I did, like they don't happen typically, but I didn't know any better. And, you know, fortunately I came from a family that supported me and believed in me and, and uh, told me that they would be right there with me, whatever I decided to do. You know, I was a lifelong Gator fan having grown up in Gainesville and, and having two parents that graduated from the university of Florida and attending every Florida sporting event from the time I was probably four or five years old. So it was in my blood. Um, and I, I just, you know, I'm so grateful for having the perfect circumstance to one walk on and then to, to play for a coach and coach Spurrier who didn't care if you were a walk on, didn't care if you were a highly recruited guy, just wanted you to play the way that you were coached. And uh, so fortunate to have been taught all of the nuances of the passing game and, and specifically the receiver position from guys like him and my receiver coach, Dwayne Dixon. Did you have an aha moment? You know, you go there as a walk-on. You're, you're probably fanboy when you get there for your first uh, semester. Yeah. But did you have a moment, whether it was in practice or when you got some early game time where you said, you know, not, not just, yeah, I, c- I can play at this level, but, man, I, man, I can yeah. play at this level. Well, you, you mentioned Shane Matthews. I mean, that was one of the things. He's the SEC Player of the Year in 1990. Here I am in 91. I'm catching passes from him in practice. We're warming up out on Florida Field together, and I'm like, wow, this is kind of surreal. <laughs> um, but I think one of the things that stood out 
to me and to Coach Spurrier, one of the things that, that gained his attention, you know, when, when our, our first conditioning test, uh, when I arrived on campus there, we, we did the, the 12-minute run, which for you know skill position players was seven laps around the track, so a mile and three quarters. You had to finish that in under 12 minutes. Well, I ripped that thing up. I was a great distance runner. I was extremely competitive and uh, and, and you know, won that thing by a large margin. And I think that stood out to Coach Spurrier because he always talked about, you know, John Wooden and some of the things that, that are important to coaches or guys that, that are in great condition and guys that love to compete. And I think I, I displayed that right off the bat with the way that I handled the conditioning test. Um, but I, I think as far as, you know, I, I, I just had been taught you know, how to, how to run routes. I've been taught how to catch the football well. And I came in in 1991, there were three receivers that had been signed, um, Jack Jackson, uh, Sorola Palmer, and Ed West. So I was the fourth in that group. Uh, I was the only walk-on in that group. And I just, from the get-go, was able to do the same, similar things, was able to make plays. You know, I think the guys realized how good my hands were, and I got immediate respect from everybody else on the team. And I think one of the other things that I got to do that not – done as much today was I got a chance to redshirt you know I was 175 pounds probably in fact my my sophomore year in 1993 when I'm playing against Kentucky making that catch and up in Lexington I'm probably the same height I am now 6'4 but weighing 180 pounds so I'm physically you know probably not prepared to, to play uh, in the SEC but that didn't necessarily stop me so I just I, I look at everything kind of playing out exactly how it was supposed to having me in the right place with the right people at the right time and, and just the dominoes falling into place. I, I just couldn't have been more fortunate um, to have had the upbringing that, that prepared me for those opportunities and the, really the drive and perseverance and belief in myself to just keep fighting on where I think a lot of other people probably would have given up or done gone another path. Was <clears throat> was getting the scholarship a, a surprise? Was it something planned that you knew was coming all uh, you know yeah. all along? But tell tell me the moment when you realized yeah. you were now a scholarship athlete at your you know your your dream school growing up. Yeah, I always looked at being a walk on kind of as a scarlet letter. Like I wasn't <laughs> as good as everybody else, you know. And I I remember I think in the '92 season they were doing a profile on the Gainesville Sun of every position, and when they got to the receivers. You know, they have a little blurb about each receiver and the blurb next to my name was walk on Chris Doring, you know? And so I took that on as like part of my name. And I, I always wanted to prove that I belonged and, and, and get a scholarship to take that walk on title away. Um, I almost looked at it as a negative. And I think in hindsight, it was actually a positive because how many times do we see guys that are given scholarships out of high school that think they've arrived at that point in time when you've really done nothing uh, up to that point. So I, I was, um, I, I remember, you know, uh, that 91 year, walked on, got redshirted, did the scout team stuff. 92, I made the, the travel squad, caught my first pass up in Knoxville when we got blown out by Tennessee in 1992. And then right before the season in 93, had a great spring. Things were, were going really well. Had myself in the mix to start playing a lot. And uh, one of the, the morning practices during two-a-days when we got done, coach called everybody up and, he was doing all of his uh, post-practice announcement and uh, announced to the team that, that uh, they were putting me on scholarship. And I just remember the excitement of all my teammates for me. It was almost like they were more excited because they knew how hard I had worked and how much it meant to me. And so I, I'm really, in hindsight, blessed that I didn't get a scholarship out of high school. 
I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't get an offer from some other school because I probably would have gone there and, and taken it. But walking on, proving that I belonged, earning that scholarship has not only you know given me a perspective on on what that meant in college, but it's kind of been the story of my whole life. You know, being a a second team All American at Florida, catching more touchdowns than anybody else in SEC history, and then being projected to go in the third or fourth round of the NFL draft, only to go. And, and not be drafted until the sixth and then getting cut over a 10 year period of time, nine different times, moving from city to city, 22 different times from the time I left Florida to the time I retired from the NFL. Nothing's ever been easy for me, but I think what I went through and what I continued to go through, the perseverance that it, it built up in me and the, the belief in myself that it created has served me very well in my athletic career and also in my post-playing days. You know, I, I, I got into the mortgage business in April of 2007. Couldn't have been any worse time to, <laughs> no to enter into that market. Yeah, so that, that yeah that perseverance has served me well. We're almost about to celebrate our 15 year anniversary there. Looking at you know the SEC network, I you know I, I was working for ESPN doing college football games, uh, SEC games on the broadcast that were being produced by ESPN and, and shown on CSS. And I just assumed I was going to be folded into the mix with the SEC network that first year. I wasn't given that opportunity. I always thought I was going to be calling games forever and then I get this audition for the studio gig and I, I get it in the second year of, of the SEC network and I've been there for seven years now on a gig that I absolutely love so I think just a great reminder of, of what we think our path is in our head is not always the case and that there's always a better plan that you just have to kind of trust is going to play itself out any sense of remiss that they win it in 96 a year after you leave I know you're exhilarated as a gator but it, was there a part yeah. of you that had at least a little bit of jealousy with that locker room and yeah. that that no, post game field? What a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are my teammates. Sure. These are some of my best friends that are doing it. I'm not a part of it. You know, I yeah, I felt for guys like like uh, Jason Odom and Reggie Green, guys that came in with that that recruiting class with Danny Warfel and James Bates and all those guys. Reggie and Jason didn't get redshirted. They played as freshmen in '92, so theoretically, they probably should could have and should have been on that '96 team to win it all, but. You know, it, it was um, – I, I feel like our 95 team is forgotten about quite a bit, and that's all right. You know, I think um, there were some extraordinary circumstances that allowed the 96 team to, to lose to Florida State in the last game of the season and get in. Extraordinary circumstances to see the 06 team lose to Auburn and get in. You know, 08 losing to an unranked Mississippi team at home and get in. I mean, those, those things are – subjective from year to year um but I, I really believe our 95 team was uh was probably better than a couple of those national championship teams for sure all right let's finish with your most famous play uh, obviously maybe the most famous play in gator history it certainly would be top five at least in my mind it's a where were you moment uh, for me and you know i was around the program a lot then and i've always kind of drawn it's interesting to me that that play i think in part has the 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 livelihood that it does because of Mick Hubert's call. And, yeah. you know, that was kind of a coming out for him, too. Mick had not had that job, but maybe a year. I mean, he was a relative yeah. unknown to Gator Nation. Here you are, really, that's your coming out moment. And I think that those those you guys kind of combined to make that moment, and, and I think it enhanced both of you as far as recognition. Yeah, yeah. for those that haven't seen the recent <laughs> SEC story documentary on the SEC network, um, they did a great job of, of you know, documenting those voices of, of college football in the SEC and the, 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 the play-by-play guys of the, the radio networks of each of those schools and what they've meant to the fan bases. And you're right. You know, I grew up listening to Otis Boggs. I grew mm-hmm. up listening to David Steele. 
Um, Mick Hubert was a, a very new voice of the Gators uh, there when I got to Florida. And so, you know, ironically, not every game was on television the way they are now. Hey, that man, game, I, I, was in, hey, I, was in a, I was in a sports bar because it was like some pay-per-view uh, yeah. deal. Yeah, and in fact, I was on a date with who uh, ended up becoming my bride, now married 26 yeah. years. Yeah, I was in a sports bar here in Jacksonville. Old Sports and More. Shout out to Old Sports and More. And the yeah. place just exploded. Yeah, it, it, it was a different yeah. era. You're right. A lot of it people heard it on the radio. Era. Yeah, And so that, that's exactly the point is like, you know, most people didn't see the catch. Most people heard the catch and saw it through the eyes of McHubert and experienced it in that way. 28 yard line. Werfel dropping back to throw. Pumps and fires the ball over the middle. It's Dory! It's Dory! Got a touchdown! Dory's got a touchdown! Oh my! Dory's got a touchdown! The Gators have taken the lead! Unbelievable! Chris Dory's got a touchdown! And so I think it's really cool how he and I are. are bound together because of that play. Um, I think it's really cool. You know, you mentioned it, one of the top five plays in Florida football history, maybe whatever. Um, but I, when I'm around Gator gatherings, inevitably people are going to come up to me and, and tell me exactly where they were mm-hmm. and what they were doing the night that I caught that pass. And if you think about it, there's only a handful of times that we can remember exactly where we were and what we were doing at any point in our lives. And most of the time, it's a negative, you know, it's a, when the space shuttle blew up or when a president was shot or, you know, something like that. But for me, you know, to have grown up a Gator fan and been so passionate about Florida football and to live and died with all the disappointing moments to have been able to pull a game out like that, to save some young kid from the disappointment that I may have experienced in, in my childhood and to, you know, have people come up and remember where they were and what they were doing um, in a good way is very, very special for me. All right, final thought. This year's team, I, I thought they were going to Kentucky it up for us again on Saturday, Chris. If there were any program in the country that was going to allow Florida to somehow escape with a win, it, it yeah. would have been uh, the Kentucky Wildcats. They didn't. So, obviously, natives get more restless these days with social media than ever before in history. Give me your kind of status report on uh, how damaging a loss that was and, and you know, not just the remainder of this season but how the table is set do you feel for the program yeah I think a lot of people don't realize how good Kentucky is I mean coach Stoops has done a tremendous job of building that into a very viable landing spot for not only recruits coming out of high school but for transfers I mean Wandale Robinson is one of the most electric players in the country who just transferred back to the state of Kentucky from Nebraska you look at Will Levis uh, you know coming from Penn State they're continuing to attract really good talent and they've built it the right way. You know, I love the patience that Mitch Barnhart has shown there as the athletic director and, and staying with coach Stoops. I love what he's been able to do and upgrade the talent at every single position and the competitiveness of that team. The defense is lights out. Uh, obviously the offense still needs to, to try to figure some things out, but I, I look at this Kentucky team as a team that has a chance to potentially win 10 or 11 games this year. And unfortunately I think a lot of people remember Kentucky for what they used to be as opposed to where they are now. And I'm sure some Florida fans are disappointed by that loss, as they should be. I'm with you. I thought inevitably Kentucky mm-hmm. was going to find a way to lose it. And they, they did with a, a face mask penalty, but their defense stood up and made plays down the stretch to preserve that victory. So the narrative's changing there. And, um, you know, I think Florida's got things to deal with. You can't have 15 penalties. You can't give up 115 yards in penalties um, and still win a football game. You can't give up a block kick and win a football game. So, Florida needs to find a way to regroup. Um, there's a lot to play for, even though you may not you know, see it right now. There's uh, a lot of, of opportunity that still presents itself 
to have a tremendous season. I hope Florida can, can refocus and get back on track. Chris Story, our guest on Gator Glory, and I know Gator Nation uh, loves hearing your story. Chris, I appreciate you uh, taking some time with us. Uh, continued success, both with, with your off-the-field endeavors, the work at SEC Network, and uh, appreciate you taking some time with us today. No, I appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, baby.